G'day, it's Matty Johns here from the Matty Johns Podcast. Now, each week on a Wednesday, I'm going to talk rugby league, bringing listeners to the very latest from the NRL, including insight analysis from one of the sharpest minds in the game, Cooper Cronk. Plus, on Fridays, we'll bring you inside the Johns family household. When I googled electric eel, it came up with the most frequently asked questions. First one was, can I power my house with electric eels? <laughs> Whether it's uh, NRL or laughs, there's something in this podcast for everyone. Search for the Matty Johns Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. The full suite of games is back before us on the 360 Agenda. Richmond restock for pivotal trip to Brisbane. Marlon Pickett's picked... Jacob Hopper is ready, but the Lions are still without Dane Zorko for Thursday night footy. Inside the four walls after a historically bad performance, how raw and lasting are the scars from the sort of defeat that West Coast just suffered? And the watch list delves deep in the impact and influence of the Brownlow medal favourites. How high are the possibilities? Nick I'm Jared Wagner. Here's Mark Robinson. It's Wednesday night. It's footy from all angles. Robbo, hello. Hello, Jared. We open under a real pool of sadness tonight as football recognises one of its largest figures over more than four decades. Matt Rendell's playing days at Fitzroy are so fondly recounted. His coaching at St Kilda and Collingwood, his recruitment across the league, and then his move into a, a rather splendid media performer, particularly during really the trade week. Matt suffered a heart attack on the weekend and he has passed away today. This has been felt right across the football world. His family's about to join us and I know Bundy was your kind of footy. Oh, he's, he's everyone's. I think he's everyone's kind of footy person. I, I got emotional when I spoke about it on on Monday night. He, um, I, I've known him off and on. I mean, off and on. I've known him for a long time. I had some incredible discussions with him. Just a very quick story. Bundy is as forthright, and I'm going to ask his son James when he comes on. He's as, as forthright a footy person I've ever met, and I really admire. People have got the courage and fortitude to speak their mind. And I rang him up one day to do an interview with him. And he thought I was ringing him up to have a chat. And I was ringing him up to do an interview. So when I wrote what he said to me and put it in the paper, I wake up the next morning and he's ringing me and go, what have you done? I said, it was an interview. Not one other person rang me to say, geez, Bundy was over the top. Because that's how he spoke on the record and off the record. So it didn't matter. He just spoke his mind. He, had, he, he loved the game. He loved the people in the game. Uh, he knew a lot about the game. That's what gets overlooked a little bit with Matthew Rendell. He's a really good football person. Not everyone's cup of tea, but that's OK. But it's an incredibly sad day for clearly for his family. And he all was the footage. most forthright thinking that Collingwood could rebound immediately after Nathan Buckley and that proved yeah, prescient. Yeah. And he always also, he gave rise to that famous back page where the Giants and the Suns were given those draft picks How many? and ha- hand them the next ten <laughs> cups on a platter. Yeah, he made some, he made some extravagant comments. When, yeah, and and he, he was such a... A bit like Mark Williams, he, was, he had such an allegiance to the Indigenous people of, of Australia. And it was really unfortunate with what happened with, with him in the AFL. And 
But he, he was such a pioneer with the Indigenous and giving opportunities and getting the most for uh, the Indigenous players of our, of our competition. So, yeah, incredibly sad. We, we had the smallest family connection to him. When I was really little, Dad was heavily involved in the Fitzroy Football Club. And when he first came across from South Australia, Dad was his player sponsor in his first year at Fitzroy. So... Yes, it's, it's the, the ripple effect through so many years in footy. His son James wanted to be with us tonight. Uh, and I can't imagine how, that, how difficult that is. Yeah. But he wants to speak about his dad. James Rendell, thanks for being with us at a time like this. No, it's good to be here, guys. And I appreciate you giving me an opportunity to pay tribute to my dad um, on such a well-respected platform. I think we would like to start by passing on to you, James, is the, the outpouring across the football world right now from those that he played with and against, those that Matt coached alongside, and from a lot of media people who so enjoyed his both his company and his sometimes outlandish way of thinking. So there is this, for whatever it's worth, James, there's this incredible embrace of the football world for, for you, your mum and your brother. Yeah, look, um, obviously it's been extremely um, tough past 72 hours um, and for something to happen like this so suddenly, it's a complete shock and there's nothing that you can do to really prepare for it. But um, on behalf of, of my family, I'd like to thank not only our friends and, and close family, but the great AFL community um, for all their support um, You know, during this tough time. It's greatly appreciated. Clearly he's a special figure in your life in the, in the last half day have you and the last couple of days have you fully appreciated how special your father was held amongst so many people in football yeah absolutely you know he's touched so many lives and i'm sure you know robbo um you you were quite close with him how much of a vibrant character he was and he was never afraid to share his opinion and, and we loved him for that um you know he's he's gonna leave a deep hole in all of our hearts um and you know we'll miss him dearly it's incredibly sad, but at the same time, when someone passes, you often think of the fond times you have with people and what sort of character they were as a person. And one thing I loved about your dad, and his forthright opinions on the game. Now, he wasn't right all the time, James, but he had the fortitude to say what was on his mind. Was he like that at home? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, in relation to football, it always drive me into my games. Um, you know, sometimes he'd be sitting inside behind a glass window because I don't think he was the biggest fan of the cold weather. But um, I think he would just be happy there watching a, a game of football because um, he just loved it so much. Um, and, yeah, I'm really grateful for, for all of that. He was, he was, everyone says he was a recruiter, but he was far more than that. He was a teen years at Fitzroy, dual All-Australian, best and fairest winner. And when he was an assistant coach with Grant Thomas at St Kilda, he really was, and I hope Tomo won't mind me saying this, he really was a strategist while, while Tomo was the, was the motivator. Is that how, how you remember his time at Fitzroy, at St Kilda? Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously, I was a young fellow back then, um, you know, he was there when I was, you know, still really young. But, um, 
he, he was a bit of a strategist and he wouldn't be afraid to, to let you know just how smart he was or anything <laughs> like that. And, you know, him and Tomo were, you know, they were lifelong mates and, um, you know, I've, you know, I've spent a bit of time with Tomo the past couple of days and um, he's been so supportive and, um, you know, given me some really sound advice and, you know, he loved he loved Matt or Dad very much. Um, but he's been great. Did he share his footy stories from his career with you, James, through the years? Um, well, you know, knowing Dad, he was always a bit humble, but, you know, if you'd had a couple of red wines, he'd definitely be led. I mean, you know, just how good he was. You know, other people would, would tell me how good he was. Obviously, he was um, a bit before I was... A pretty handy player. Did he speak fondly? You know, Jared's father worked at Fitzroy and was involved in Fitzroy. Did he, how often or how fondly did he speak of his days at the Fitzroy Football Club? Yeah, yeah, he spoke about it quite a bit and um, I know he loved it because he's made, you know, not just about the football but the relationships he made there and he made so many lifelong friends. And I know he was still catching up with a lot of them weekly, going for walks um, along the beach. Um, so, you know, and that's what football's all about. It's not about just the football, it's about the relationships and the people you meet along the way. And, um, you know, he was a big advocate of that. James, this platform is yours. Is there anything else that you'd like to add about Matt? Yeah, look, there's not much more to be said. Obviously, he was a you know well-respected and, and loved figure in the AFL community. But you know, above all, he was a loving father, husband, brother, um, you know, coach, whatever. And um, you know, he's going to leave a deep hole in all of our hearts, and he'll be dearly missed. Our thoughts and prayers are, are with you, James. Is thanks for joining us tonight, and um, yeah, and pass on that love to to Daniel and to Leone as well. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. James Rendell with us after the passing of his father, Matt, aged 64. Thanks, James. Now, oh, you've mate. got a photograph of you and Matthew Rendell when you were how Super old? Super little. Four? Four? Three? You've Four. got it on your phone. You just showed me. We're going to put it up at the end of the show. Just a young fellow with a hero. Matty Rendell would have been your hero. It ripples through time. Absolutely it does. We'll All show right. that at the end. What we have before us tonight on AFL 360 ahead of round 16, thanks to NIB, The Watchlist, David King and Lee Montagna. We're inside the four walls with Jordan Lewis and Eddie Betts and Cherie Deer is about to join us. Um, Paul Deer's documentary is coming up immediately following us tonight, so we'll tell you a little bit about that. So let's get into what lies in store this footy round, and it starts in Brisbane. The memories of that elimination final are still pretty vivid, and the scars, I imagine, in a few cases are a bit raw. The Lions are mounting their challenge inside the top four, and the Tigers would like to grab a place in the eight right about now. We're aware that their form is very good, and they've been... They clearly over the last eight years one of the best teams in the competition in their building, so um, we know it's going to be on tomorrow night. They've got, to, they've got to win to keep pushing for a finals berth, and we've got to win to try and keep pushing for, for that top two if we can. We're at the stage now where every game is really important. Um, we understand it's, it's really even competition this year, which I think is great. Um, and you really only need to be 5% off against any team to, to be challenged. So, yeah, big challenge tomorrow night, and we're looking forward to it. The Lions have been near on untouchable at home. 
I feel like this is going to be right on, though. The Tigers will take a real dip at them. The teams, the teams. So no Dane Zorko. It's happened, by the way, for the first time in 14 years. I haven't got a rundown. <laughs> I'm going to have to wing it tonight. <laughs> wing it? We're going, to, we're going to wing it. No rundown for the entire show. I wonder how it will go. <laughs> so still, Hit me with everything. I'll just sit here. Still no Dane Zorko. So hasn't played since uh, round 11, went suspension by, injured at training and are taking a really conservative route now. That's so they he should. gets back, he stays back. Marlion Pickett, as Richmond had forecast, would play. Uh, after having the week off beyond his arrest. Jacob Hopper, first up since round nine, so plays under Andrew McQualter for the first time. Presti is injured, Rioli lost his place and Ralph Smith was the sub. What are you thinking as we look towards tomorrow night? Well, we had Jack on last night while we were doing the Hall of Fame and speaking about the, 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 the jump that they've had since Andrew McQualter. But the test always comes the next week and this text is tomorrow night at the Gabba. A lot of things, there's so much bearing on this game. The bigger picture, imagine if McCauley can knock over the lines at, at, at the Gabba. What a, what a tick that is for him as he pursues the senior coaching job. Richmond, are they making a charge or not, Jared? Has it just been a bit of a sugar hit or are they got a bit of substance? Knock over the Gabba, knock over Brisbane, guess what? They're back in the frame of talking about being a potential finalist. Have you got the imagination to see an interim coach take a team to the finals? Oh, yeah, of course yeah. I can. I, I really... I don't know Andrew McQualter. I, I don't think I've ever met him. I really like the way he speaks. There's a certain calmness and reassurance and there's a, there's a confidence in him without being over-the-top excited. That's what I see in Andrew McQualter and you listen to all the Tiger players and people talk about him, they think they've got a ripper, so good luck to him. On the, other, on the other front, Brisbane are, are a team that you think, yeah, they're going all right, they're not going all right. Are they good? Are they not good? Last week, they were, they were pretty emphatic last week um, down here in Melbourne. Then they go home. They can't afford to lose this because they will be, you know, go, they'll come back into the yep. pack. So it's just a, it's a, a classic. Can we have a classic Thursday night game of yeah, football? Yeah, definitely. This is a classic. Kick the weekend off. Massive game of football yep. for both sides. It feels like Tom Lynch is not going to get back this year. But if no. you're with the extra layer of detail that's coming, the delay in uh, his rehabilitation, maybe a really late throw at it. But if you're hanging out for the last six weeks of Tom Lynch, that doesn't feel no. like it's happening. No, no. When did he play? Round three, I think, off the top mm. of my head. It was a long time ago. So what's he available in? Five or six weeks? What, round 20, round 21? He's not going to be match fit. Even if they do play finals, Richmond, you can't go in without hardened players. The, the, season, the season builds up hardened players mentally and physically to start a, a September campaign. I, I don't think you can. Then again, Marlon Pickett went in on grand final day and played fantastic, but it's a bit different. He had a big for a key, work Yeah, a bit yeah. of a key forward is, is a little bit different. But, um, which is a real shame for Richmond because if they were going to be a contender this year, Tom Lynch had to play. Like, he's, one of the, he's a gun. He's a top 15 player in the comp. Yeah. And he hasn't been able to produce anything. So, um, yeah, it's unfortunate for Hardwick. But firstly, unfortunately, McWalter now. Jack's, Jack's been solid, do you yes, think? Yes. I know we're and biased. He's had to do a lot more than they would have anticipated for him this year as well. We're biased a little bit. But I reckon Jack, over the last five, six weeks, has, has more than held his own. Yeah. In the forward line. I wonder if he's considering going on again next yeah, year. I wonder. We'll ask him next Tuesday night. All right. Well, what do you reckon we should do next? Who's playing Saturday? No. 
Um, Port Adelaide Essendon. We're going to bring in an old friend. Cherie Deer has come oh. back to join us. The Dare to Hope match is going to be staged on Sunday at the MCG. And tonight, immediately following 360, the Paul Deer documentary with his battle with pancreatic cancer goes to air. You know, shitty situation, I've got a disease, I'm fighting that. Family's been told, touch and go, you may not come out of this. Death is, ultimately what death is, or fear of death is FOMO. Absolute. It is, it's fear of missing out. No, he's pulse is getting really low. His pulse is 39. 37. Yeah, quickly, call an ambulance. The winner of the Norm Smith medal, Paul Deere of Hawthorne. Jack Fitzgerald, Russell Deere, who's playing magnificently. It's just trying to make something good out of a shitty situation, and if I can lead the way and get the word out there that even if it's a day longer, that's a day you get that you didn't have. It's really how you should live your life. Dare to Hope goes to air tonight and the match that is dedicated to this is Sunday at the MCG when Hawthorne and Carlton meet. Cherie Deer joined us last year, shortly after Paul's passing. Cherie, it's great to have you back. Thank you. What, what's, what do you see when you watch this documentary tonight? Memories, Jared. It's almost a year since Paul passed away. It's his anniversary on July the 8th and the time's gone really fast and, and really slow and it almost feels like another lifetime ago that we were going through everything that we were with um, Paul's fight against pancreatic cancer. Why did Paul want to make this to leave something that might last and something that you've taken up so strongly? Um, when tragedy strikes, if that's the only thing that happens out of it, it's you know, a, an awful place to be. But I guess Paul never really sought publicity himself, but understanding that as a Norm Smith medalist, you know, people are still um, interested in, in him, he realised that there was a platform to shine a light on a disease that doesn't get a lot of publicity. So, you know, out of a really awful situation, if we can um, make something positive and leave a legacy of, of um, you know, something that Paul's contributed for other people that will fight pancreatic cancer in the future, that's, that makes us feel good about, you know, something devastating. Amid the sort of ravaging sadness, Cherie, the, the past 12 months as a, and this, 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 this project has, a, has, a, has a been an inspiring one for you? Has it been one for you to deal with your own grief? I mean, how would you...? Exactly what you're saying, yes. It's, I'm really inspired to... Um, in some ways, I feel really lucky because lots of people lose people that they love, but they don't get the opportunity to make their death meaningful. And this is a way for us to bring meaning to, you know, Paul's suffering. You, if you watch the documentary, you know, it's, it's more visible to me now what Paul went through than what, what it was like when we are actually living it. Because, you know, to see the deterioration now, it's not the same as when we were living it because you don't see those small changes on a daily level. What do you see on a daily... What, what do you see? 
Um, Paul and I, because the statistics for pancreatic cancer are so dire, um, you know, we had to clutch on to hope wherever we could because if you just focus on the negatives, it's like everything in life. You can either be a, a glass half full or a glass half empty. And if you're going to be a glass half empty person, that's miserable for everyone. So we chose to just, you know, really narrow our lens and just look at what was happening on a day-to-day -day basis and make the most of everything that we could. So, yeah, day-to-day -day, um, was how we, how we got through, really. So what will we see on Sunday, the Bay of Hope that you've put together? Uh, John Lloyd, Matthew Lloyd's dad remembered here and, and Paul's is there. And mm. when we spoke on radio a couple of weeks ago, the instant impact that it had mm. with people who were experiencing exactly what you said, a disease that had been largely ignored mm. and is now getting a moment where, it, um, where something might be meaningfully done. Well, it is the the Bay of Hope, which is our um, you know our, our activation this year at the match. It's to um, we're filling the a section of the MCG with three thousand five hundred of these, and it's to draw attention to the fact that three thousand five hundred Australians die every year of pancreatic cancer, and people are always shocked to hear that that's more than what die of breast cancer, prostate, melanoma, road trauma. MND even, lots of other, you know, um, more well-known diseases. And so this is to put a spotlight on pancreatic cancer and it was also an opportunity for people like Matthew Lloyd, who lost his dad, John, mm. um, a month before Paul, to actually remember his dad and, you know, have his name in there. We offered the opportunity to anyone that had lost someone to pancreatic cancer to personalise one of these silhouettes. and. A lot of people probably um, aren't aware of the fact that four months after Paul died last year, my dad died of pancreatic cancer as well. And I was very close to my dad. I, I loved him. Him and Paul are really the two most important men in my life. So for both of them to die of pancreatic cancer has really inspired me, back to your other question. But so my dad's silhouette will be in the Bay of Hope as well. Lots of other people um, have personalised them. And then we've got also got lots of generic ones, like my mum, my dad, my sister, my brother, all the different roles that people play in, in your life um, will be remembered as well. Every single person watching this show and listening to the interview with Jared, they would admire you so much, Cherie, for, for, for doing what you're doing for yourself and for, for many others, so well done. Thank you, Robbo. So Sunday's a special day. We're part of it at Fox Footy and the documentary tonight. Cherie, it's lovely to see you again and all power to you. Thank you. Thank you both. Cherie, dear. So dare to hope, immediately following 360 tonight. Our footy discussion inside the four walls and the watch list. So the four walls first, Eddie Betts and Jordan Lewis about to join us at this.